If you are anti-New Year's resolutions, this episode is for you. We are halfway through December. Happy, happy day. 2023 is almost behind us and we are about to launch in to 2024. Kick starting it now with a little chitty chat about New Year's resolutions. So in this episode, we're going to talk about the importance of setting New Year's resolutions, why I'm so passionate about them as a recovering goal-setting hater, um, reframing goal-setting and how to set them in a way that really works and that you feel good about. And then I'll give you a little look at what my 2023 resolutions were, how I honestly, honestly did. We're going to do an honest review and assessment. And then my 2024 resolutions that I'm starting to mull on. They're not set in stone yet, but here's what I'm thinking and we can kind of we can do it together. We can map them out together. So as I said, I am a recovering goal hater and I have become so passionate about New Year's resolutions and goal setting and overall just believing that I'm capable of being the kind of woman that follows through. When I say a hater, I mean, I have a vivid memory of a few years ago having, I kind of like black out and kind of just exploded in the middle of a team meeting when my TD was like, okay, it's time to set our goals for the week. And I was like, why? <laughs> like I lost it a little bit. And I was like, why do we set them? We don't even remember what they are throughout the week. And then we come back to them the next week and you ask me how I did, but I don't remember what I even set. And I obviously didn't do it. So like, what's even the point? Like, what is the point of setting goals anymore? And this was, um, not, not, from the best place. It was someone who did not know how to set goals, who was very, very frustrated, who didn't know how to like set herself up to follow through. And that's why I really, really get it. And I get if you feel that way. And I want to kind of just offer you a different perspective and a new thought. If you are someone that stopped setting resolutions, a lot of the time the the loathing for them comes from this frustration of being like, I'm tired of failing every year. So if I don't set them, at least I don't have to acknowledge that I failed. And last year in particular on social media, I saw this massive trend that I really hadn't seen before of really hating New Year's resolutions. And it kind of fell into two different camps. One of the camps was like, it's arbitrary. Why does it even matter? And then the second one was that kind of frustration of what's the point? I don't even meet them. So I took to the interwebs to see what the people were saying. And I was looking up New Year's resolution sucks and seeing what people were saying. One of the things that I saw, the main theme was this idea of like nothing changes when the calendar flips one day. People act like there's some kind of magic spell that once New Year's begins, you'll be able to do things. But you should be setting goals anytime or you shouldn't have to set them just because it's New Year's Day. Here's my rebuttal to that. Here's why I don't think that that's 100% honest. It is not true to say that nothing changes when the calendar flips. That is just not sincere because everything that happens after January 1st is forever filed under that year. Who you became, what you did, what you accomplished, who you met, where you went. You go, oh, I did that in 2007. I did that in 2015. I did that in 2023. Like, it is not arbitrary. It's because it's categorized into that year. And then be real with me. Be real with me for one second. At the end of the year, you do reflect on what happened that year. So, and you start from January to December. We do live in a culture that follows 
a Gregorian calendar. And we gotta we gotta be honest about that. Next, research indicates that 80% of people ditch their New Year's resolutions by February. So this article was arguing that it is officially time to label this ritual as a flop. That something it doesn't work and people should stop even participating in it. My question is, is that just because people are ditching their resolutions by February, that they're struggling to keep them, is the problem the act of setting resolutions? Or could it be that the issue is the goal that people are setting, the way that they're setting them, and living in a culture that is super okay with mediocrity and babies people into thinking that how you are is enough and you can do you and everyone is like constantly on the verge of a menti B, so go easy on yourself. That's my question. I do think that it's gotten a little, a little soft out here and striving for virtue and striving to be better isn't the norm anymore. I don't know when it was. I don't know what I'm comparing it to, but it isn't something that I see be super, super common. Instead, it's like, well, yeah, everyone and their mother has ADHD and anxiety and everyone and their mother is struggling and we're all, oh, what's the word? And we're all in our like feral season. And what's that word that people, it's a disgusting term that it's like, I not Grinch mode, not goblin. Maybe it's the goblin stuff, but it's like, I'm just going to rot on the couch, stuff like that, that it's like, oh my, oh my, quite the visual. So that's my, my curiosity and what I want to kind of walk through today, grab a, grab a cup of coffee. Let's go for a walk and let's chat through this. I'm curious if there's a new way that we can set resolutions and that we can do it in a way that makes us better. So one thing that I want to start with is that the human heart does not do well with pointlessness. So let's get into why resolutions even matter. What's the point of talking about this? So first, the definition. A resolution is according to our girl. Girl? Merriam-Webster? Is it a girl? Um, a resolution is a firm decision to do or not do something. That's it. It's, it's deciding to do or not do something. It is not that deep and not that emotional that we have to quit setting them. It also is kind of deep and kind of emotional when you think about the quality of being determined or resolute. That's the second definition. So to be resolute is to be admirably purposeful, determined, and unwavering. Oh my gosh, what a beautiful set of words. Literally, who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want to be described as someone who is admirably purposeful? She's so determined. She is unwavering when she sets things. She goes for it. That is so beautiful. That is exactly the kind of woman that I want to be. I don't know about you. I'm guessing you do. And then from a spiritual side, uh, more a more theological definition is a resolution implies a conversion of one's moral life arrived at after due reflection and prayer. You're doing all these things. So here's, here's the thing. As a Catholic, we should absolutely be making resolutions all the time. All the time. And you do make resolutions all the time. Does this sound a little bit familiar to you? Oh my God. 
I am heartily sorry for having offended thee, and I detest all my sins because of thy just punishments, most of all because they offended thee, my God, say it with me, who are all good and deserving of all my love. Here we go. This part's in bold, underlined, highlighted. I firmly resolve with the help of thy grace to sin no more and to avoid the near occasion of sin. We say this every single time that we go to confession. Use this as your reminder. If you haven't been to confession in a hot sec, get to get out there and you're going to love it. And then you're going to say this and you're going to feel so refreshed and really be back in the father's house. So as Catholics, we make resolutions and we resolve. We have this firm decision to be determined and unwavering to do or not do something. A few years ago uh, on New Year's Mass, the priest gave a homily saying, as Catholics, we should definitely be making resolutions and resolving. And this is why it's about making a firm decision. It's about living your life on purpose. It's about having the humility to assess what you're doing and being like, okay, that's great. Or maybe that's not so great. Something that I hear really, really often is that the, the defeat or the frustration comes from being struggling to finish what you start or being like super excited for two weeks and then you forget or you fall off. And if you feel like that, you're absolutely not alone. In the application process to work together, I have this one question that says, what's keeping you from reaching your goal? And like, what has kept you from doing it on your own? What gets in your way? And the biggest answer, I think it's 95% of the time is me. People will answer and say me. I'm the biggest thing that gets in my own way. I'm getting in the way of my progress. I struggle to follow through and I'm done with it. That's the kind of person that succeeds. The kind of person that acknowledges like, hey, I have been in my own way and I'm done. I'm done with it. So this is, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to get a new level of support and I'm going to start over. And so I want to give you, offer you a new thought. Instead of living out of the idea that you are always the one who gets in your own way, what if you make 2024 the year where you decide to be the one that makes things happen in your life with God, of course, and realizing that you're capable the same way that if you're the one that gets in your own way, hey, you're being really consistent. Let's just change gears a little bit. If you are consistently saying no or kind of stopping yourself short, then let's just switch gears into saying yes to the right things a little bit more and pushing yourself to be 1% better. That's it. So to get your wheels spinning, here is what I set for 2023, how I did, and then what I'm going to do next year. <clears throat> Spoiler, did I reach them? No. I actually failed on pretty much every single one and I'm really, really okay with it. And I'll tell you why. So here's what they were, why I set them, why I'm okay with it. The first was to go on four camping trips. The second was to get really good at liturgical living again and celebrating big feast days for the church and that are important to us as a couple. Getting back into meatless Fridays because it is not a requirement in our diocese, but it is a very, very important thing and you have to do penance every Friday anyways. So that's probably the best way to go. And then the last one was to go on a retreat. So the first one, camping trips. I set this one because we had gone on two the year prior. So in 2022, we went on two camping trips and I was like, that's great. I'll just double it. <laughs> <laughs> which is for a few reasons. One, we love it. It's so much fun and we have such good memories and such good times out there together. And two, living in California means that it is so easy. There's so much beauty and the weather is so mild 95% of the year that you can camp pretty much all year round. There's just a couple of rainy spells and if you go too far north, you're going to hit some snow, but you can camp pretty much all year round with really minimal gear, like normal person gear. And 
obviously. Lastly, I'm a big circadian living seasonal girl, so I care a lot about being out in creation. So that was kind of one of my main health goals, was really making sure. Obviously, I work on my computer, um, and my husband also works like a normal job, and he's inside a lot, so it really, really matters to me that we prioritize time outside as much as possible, and so a whole weekend every quarter was my intention. So here's how many we did. One. <laughs> Not even we, it was just me. Here's what happened though. I logged on in the new year. I probably logged on in the middle of January onto the like state park reservation website and everything had already booked up. It was crazy because the year prior I had no issue. I think I booked them at the end of January and I had no issue. I've got exactly what I wanted. This time it was packed. So I did do a beach camp for one night for one of my friend's birthdays and then to try and kind of make up for it and adapt it a little bit. We took a trip up to Yosemite last month but it was way too cold. We don't have that kind of gear to camp. So we camped out in the Best Western. <laughs> Okay, the next one was the liturgical living. This one, honestly, I don't know how I dropped the ball so hard. Actually, I do. I I do. Here's what happened. So I sat down on the Feast of the Holy Family, which is December 31st. This is my recommendation. It's the best day to be sitting and reflecting on these things, especially with your husband, if you have one. And I sat there with my journal and my beloved copy of the Catholic All Year Compendium by Kendra Tierney a must in my opinion for every Catholic girl. She really gives you every single recipe, activity, prayer for all the major feast days and liturgical seasons and just maps it out for you and she's also hilarious in the process. So I sat there with my journal and I mapped out all of the feasts that were important to us but here's where I'm realizing that I went wrong. I did it on paper. I only had it in my journal. So I think I think when I was doing it my thought process was I will open up that journal weekly, like I'll go back to this specific section and I'll check on what the feast days are coming up that week and I'll be good. And I did not do that. So I'm redoing this one again this year and I live and die by my Google calendar. So that's how I'll make sure that it's obvious. So any habit that you want to keep, it needs to be really, really obvious and you have to put it front of mind. I'm also not going to let perfect be the enemy of the good. So if I don't make a three-course feast for our newly ordained priest friend on St. John Vianney's feast day, that's okay. We're still going to shoot him a text and make him cookies or something like that. Or, I don't know, drop off a rotisserie chicken at his door. Whatever it may be, I think I want to make sure that I'm celebrating in some way, shape, or form, even if it's just like pulling out one prayer to that saint or a litany or anything like that. Okay, the next one was the Meatless Fridays. Again, I am not proud to admit it. But this is a true and honest assessment of how the resolutions went. This one fell to the wayside right after Lent. Which is funny because I have so many meatless meals in my back pocket because we are protein girls around here. So I don't I don't I don't even know. So this is my, I'm being real honest with you. It's gonna be really simple this year. Fridays are cod, shrimp, mussels, or tuna. That's what both of us like. That's what's really, really simple to make. Done. It, it works. And then the last one actually that I remembered was retreat. I realized at the beginning of this year, or maybe at the end of last year, that I had not 
been on a retreat that I wasn't working or wasn't work related since my reversion when I was 19 because I immediately jumped into working in ministry and volunteering in ministry and then up until a few years ago I was a focused missionary all that kind of stuff so I hadn't been on one that I wasn't emceeing speaking leading a small group or attending because it was part of my job so that was a really important one to make sure happened this year and this one I did do I just went on it this past weekend as I'm recording this so it was right in the beginning of December it was phenomenal it was at the Carmelite Retreat House I cannot recommend it enough the Sacred Heart Retreat House in Alhambra which is in Los Angeles California if you need to fly in for it if you need like a really good retreat know that it'll be really close reasonably close to the airport um and we did one it was a marriage retreat with the legionnaires and it was absolutely spectacular I was blown away and I am so excited. So that's for sure one that I'm doing again this year and I'm already looking at the two options. There's two different retreats that they have coming up in the spring and I'm just kind of do a little a little bit more praying about which one the Lord really wants me to go on because they're very different formats. One of them's an Ignatian one, one of them is more of a spiritual accompaniment retreat. So I'm really excited about that one. So before we get into my 2024 resolutions, Let's reframe some goal setting, how to set them in a way that works. I really hope as I'm walking through these and telling you that I didn't meet them, you can sense how unemotional (laughs) I feel about it. And some of them I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like I forgot what my intention was when I set that. I can see how it didn't happen. And that's exciting. Like I want to be better this year and I want to follow through on the things that I set. And I'm realizing how how I didn't accomplish them. So one of the most important parts of having these resolutions, if you can, I really recommend you pull out your journal and write out, if you had resolutions for 2023, what were they? Did you meet them and why not? And just do that kind of analytical assessment like I just walked through, where you failed, where you succeeded. There's a ton of things that happened in 2023 that I did not set as resolutions that I did accomplish. So that, there's like a million I'll do a whole other episode on like the 2023 year in review. So I encourage you not to kind of just pigeon your whole yourself into only the resolutions because there's a lot of other things that you did that I'm sure were really, really impactful and that are worth being proud of. The most important thing is to recognize that there is a way that you can set goals in a way that's actionable and measurable and that you'd be excited to follow through on. If you haven't yet, and if you're going to add reading to any part of your New Year's goals, I really suggest that you pick up a copy of Atomic Habits and watch your entire brain change. This helped me a ton to go from being like, what's the point of setting goals to being like, oh, it's not about the goal. It's about a habit and a lifestyle and having something that is just a part of you. And it really, really starts with identity. So here's a little reframe. All of the habits that you have, the good ones and the bad ones, are because in some way they match up with how you see yourself, with identity. So you might go to Mass every Sunday or every day. No questions asked. Why? Because you're like, well, of course I go to Mass. I'm a, I'm a faithful Catholic. Or maybe you go to the gym every week. And you're like, of course, fitness is important to me. I'm someone who is fit. I am an athlete. I am someone who prioritizes movement. I'm someone who gets stronger every single day. Or maybe you have the habit of 
just having coffee for breakfast and your first meal is at noon and maybe this matches up with how you identify as a workaholic or as someone who is always busy or always late or always rushing. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see how like everything that you do ties back uh, the negative ones and the positive ones to something that you believe or how you live? So that's a really helpful place to start and starting it and being really, really clear about the kind of woman that you want to be in 2024. So if you want to set them and you want to meet them, here's a few ideas. First, get really, really specific rather than, let's see, one of the goals of like, okay, here's an example, how I was like, I'm going to go on four camping trips this year. It's really, really specific. I'm going on three camping trips. One of them is at the beach. One of them is at the lake. And one of them is near the mountains. I know the exact campsite and I know which months I'm going to do it. The beach one is going to be in June. The lake one is going to be in April. And then the mountain one is going to be in September. Done. I made it really, really straightforward and simple. The second is front loading. If any of it is date related or that you could plan ahead for, like going on a retreat, set a day where you set your resolutions and you do the work for them. So you sit there and you look up the retreats, you look up the dates, you look up which retreat center you're going to go to or which order you're going to visit, you book it, you put it on your calendar, done, making it happen. And then in relation to health goals, what are some health goals that you can set that have nothing to do with the scale? I think that this is a great source of frustration for a lot of people when maybe their health goal was a little bit too vague or too much tied to the result rather than to the process. So there is a difference between action goals and result-oriented goals. So for example, a result-oriented goal would be, I want to lose 20 pounds. An action-related goal would be, I am going to walk two miles every single day, rain or shine. One of those, you have full power over. You are the one that gets to decide if she's going to lace up her shoes and get outside and walk or get on her little under-desk treadmill. The result goal, though, the 20-pound one, though, it might be different. And especially, hopefully, if you start putting on muscle mass, the scale isn't necessarily what's going to change, but the body composition will. So what does it mean to you if you were, if your goal has just been like, get healthy or be the healthiest I've ever been or get fit, something like that, get more specific. What does that mean to you? What could it look like? And how can the goal be action-oriented, something that you do daily, weekly, monthly, that you can measure and check in on and that you actually have power over. The result of that, the byproduct of that is that you're going to be healthier. It is that you're going to be more fit. It is that you're going to be stronger if it's something that you haven't been doing already. So I'm not 100% sure about my 2024 resolutions yet. I, I do like to spend the month of December mulling on it. I've been kind of chewing on it for the past few weeks already. And then at the end of the year, typically on the 30th or 31st, my husband and I make a date of it. And we talk about our goals as a couple, as individuals, which this year it'll be at a rooftop bar in St. Louis because we are going to be getting ready for Seek. So here's what I'm currently thinking so far for my outside goal. I typically set like an outside goal, a health goal, a book goal, and some kind of spiritual goal. So outside goal is going to be the three camping trips, beach, lake, mountains. I know what it is. 
and I know what day I have to log on to book them, <laughs> which is coming up very, very soon. The health goal. So in the past, I've done, I think in 2022, I did a thousand hours outside as my goal, which is apparently super easy when you have a dog and when you work outside more often. I have also done like workout a certain amount of days in the week. This year was a very big year in my relationship with exercise. And I really, the Lord freed me and shed my aversion to the gym. So in relation to that progress that's been made, I'll probably stick to a certain amount of mileage walking and finishing certain programs, um, certain workout programs on the app that I use. I'm in terms of the walking one, I'm kind of thinking about this app called the fantasy hike app. Have you seen this? It tracks your daily movement and your exercise on the path that Frodo took to Mount Doom. So you're like walking to Mount Doom. I saw a reel about it and I thought it was so cute. And I think it'd be a really fun thing to do with my husband and like see who gets there first or try and keep up with each other and make sure that we're Sam and Frodoing it all the way there and sticking together. As for my book goal, this started a few years ago. My friend Jen is so good at reading multiple books a month and setting a reading goal and like plowing through books like nobody's business. There was a couple years ago she didn't reach her goal. So she was like, great. So next year I'm just going to triple it. So she, she set her goal to read 33 books and it was so fun to compete. It was so much fun. We put some money on it. It was quite the thrill. I have it as in like my daily rhythms to read 10 pages a day. So realistically, I can get through two books-ish a month, depending on the length. So I'm just going to seal the deal and set it at 24 books for 2024. Super jazzed about that. And I specifically want to include a few fiction books in there. That obviously was what I grew up reading as a kid. And I stopped completely by high school once they you know once they bring in the required reading logs it just feels different so I'm probably going to read the Narnia series this year and then another retreat goal an annual goal very very important for the spiritual life be it a day retreat a weekend retreat or even a week I've never done a silent retreat so I'm kind of thinking about that but I do have the two that I'm deciding between right now so the locations and the dates are already taken care of and I can just register once I pray about what's best. I'll come back in the new year with an official, this is what I'm doing once I pray about this a little bit more, and maybe even make it a little series, a little quarterly check-in where we review our new year's resolutions, because that's really what's going to make the biggest difference is consistently checking in on it. Maybe that'd be fun. Let me know if you think it would be fun. And just setting, sitting with the things that I think have meaning and revisiting them consistently. You know what I'm saying? Be the kind of girl that sets resolutions. Be the kind of girl that lives her life on purpose. Be the kind of girl that's humble enough to admit when she fails and to come back stronger. That's all. That's the that's the thing for the day. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Share it on the gram, tag me, and tell me what your resolutions are. You can also DM me at the Catholic Nutritionist on Instagram with any thoughts that you have. I always love, love, love to hear from you. 2024 is going to be so good. I can feel it. I know it. You know why? The Lord's going to be with us. That's guaranteed. He's been promised. He's going to be with us. So what else can we need? Whom shall I fear? Am I right? All right. Get to sitting. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
And that's a wrap for today's episode of Made Good. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and share it on the gram. Tag me. I would love to hear your thoughts and say hi. I love you so, so, so much. Wasn't this fun? Let's do it again next time. Cheers to living well.